What's crackalacking, you lovely lot? It's good to see y'all. Oh my goodness. I know I've been missing in action for a minute. Um, I had to take a mental vacation, if I may call it that, um, for about two weeks. So, and um, that's why, you know, you've not heard anything from me. So, welcome to my podcast, Mind Your Hands, Ulua's Essence. My name is BC Oyenuga. Amen. Um, I don't even know why I said amen in front of my name, but I'm super excited because the joy of the Lord is my strength. And so for those who are relatively new to my podcast, the word Olua means God, and it is from my Yoruba language, which is out of Nigeria. Um, so come on in, pull up your chairs, strap your laughing belts on. And today I do want to talk about God's goodness in the midst of our mess. Amen. God's goodness in the midst of our mess. Now, I'm sure you all are not new, um, not familiar with COVID-19. And just recently we had the, you know, explosion that happened in Beirut, you know, Lebanon, and just a lot of other things going on around the world, you know, global pandemic. Now I've been calling this pandemic, this COVID-19 pandemic, pandemic. Because I truly believe that this is man-made. But even in the midst of our man-made mess, God is, he's even bigger, right? He's better. He's good. He's glorious. He's amazing. And above all, he's faithful. Amen. You know, the Bible says that his faithfulness extends to the heavens and his greatness are unsearchable. So during my time away, Um, There were a lot of things that I was just kind of like going through in my mind. There were a lot of things that I was bringing before the Lord. And even in the days and the nights that I didn't have nothing to say, you know, I was reminded of the verse from Romans 8 that the Holy Spirit helps us or helps me, right? And my infirmities and my shortcomings. So when I don't know what to say, he helps me with groanings, right? So that was reassuring for me because there were a lot of times that I just sat down at his feet and I was like, God, you know, this is just too much. I really, okay. I just wanted to clarify. I was not suicidal, but I really wanted to go home. Home meaning to heaven. I really, this past two weeks, I really wanted to go home. I really wanted to just, because I was exhausted mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically. I was exhausted because I just felt like my prayers prior to me going on this mini mental break were just hitting brick walls, brass ceilings, you know, weren't doing much. And it seemed like every time I was praying, things were going from bad to worse. For instance, the Beirut explosion. And remember the Holy Spirit waking me up that morning that it happened. And I was on my knees just praying, praying for his divine intervention in the world matters and stuff. Lo and behold, midday, literally, news started filtering in, right, about this explosion. And, you know, I just felt in my spirit. I was just discouraged. I was like, okay, God, I literally just prayed to you. Why? And the enemy wanted to come in and attack my mind like, oh yeah, your prayers cussed this. Yo, I know better. I know this punk is a fool. He's a pathological liar. And I fell for it. And I had to just kind of like psych myself out of this emotional funk, you know, this mental warfare funk and just believe that God is good. He's in the midst of this. 
you know, it's really sad that a lot, a lot of people, thousands of people are homeless, more than 300,000, you know, the news report keeps as the, you know, day goes on, the, 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 the numbers are changing. Hundreds of people are missing or uncounted for, you know, um, injured, um, many numbers in the hundreds, you know, dead. And I just, every time I click on that news, it breaks my heart. And I've just been praying for God's goodness to pour in, even in the midst of this mess, you know, in the darkness of the soul, that is when we need to press in deeper, pressing past the outer courts, the outer gates, past the inner chambers into the holy of holies where nothing can touch you. And it's not going to be easy. It is not going to be easy. So you've got to give it everything you've got, people. David said, I would not offer anything that cost me nothing. You know, he this was in Chronicles. He was talking, he, he got a land. He wanted to offer something to God. And we all know the story of David, that he was a passionate worshiper. But in case you guys didn't know, um, as passionate as he was in worshiping God and just, you know, serving, praising God, giving his all to God. Even God said, this is a man after my own heart, right? He, every single psalm was penned in the wilderness during his wilderness season. So even in this mini break of mine, more revelations were coming in, you know, and it's something that I always knew, but I needed a fresh revelation based on the intense warfare I was facing, right? And that revelation was like, nothing good really comes when we're like really in a good place. But a lot of times our inspirations come when we're in the darkest place of our lives or in the darkest seasons of our lives. You know what I mean? Nothing, when I say nothing good comes when we're in a good place, don't get me wrong. I, I just mean that a lot of times when things are going good, right? We tend to be lax. We tend to just be like, oh yeah, life is good, la 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 la. And we're just like skedaddling in the fields of, you know, um, roses, you know, sunflowers. We're just like, uh, I'm spread open, just happy. Because we don't have any kind of problems. We don't have any kind of mental um, anxiety, nothing. I've never dealt with depression. Thank goodness for that. So I know it's a really debilitating disease. And I know a lot of people who have it, who have it. And I've prayed with them, prayed them through it. You know what I mean? So I can relate. But to piggyback to the good season of a life, and I'm not... I've not forgotten that I want to talk about David. I'm going to go back to that shortly. So, you know, when we're really good, when we're thriving, flourishing, just super duper happy, contented, right? The truth of the matter is we're not super motivated to seek God more because things are going well. You know, we're doing well. We're thriving. You know what I mean? Like we are flourishing. Everything's just going grand. So there really isn't any need to say, hey, I want to you know, set time apart, set time aside. Let me seek God more. Let me, because we're, we're, you know, we, we tend to get comfortable. We tend to get comfortable and there's nothing wrong with that. God really wants us to enjoy life. Jesus said, Jesus said in John 10, 10, I came so that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Right? 
So there's nothing wrong. But also, even in that abundance of life, we need to make it a habit of just getting away and spending time seeking his face, not relaxing. A lot of us, what we do is we relax in the good seasons, you know, forgetting that the good and bad seasons were created by God. So we get too, too comfortable in the good seasons. And then when the bad season does come around, we fall apart. But then my theory is if we can just be prepared in and out of season, you know, when the bad seasons does hit hard, we won't feel it. We won't feel it as much. You know, the Bible says a righteous person will fall down seven times, but will also rise up seven times. So we won't feel it that much because we, it's almost like we've stored up power. We've stored up prayers. We've stored up all these weapons we needed for the future. You know what I mean? in the times that seasons were good for us so anyways let me piggyback to david so david penned psalms a lot of the psalms during his wilderness season when he was running for his life it always just felt like people were after him not only Saul, but he had enemies all around him and this was after god anointed him right so you would think that, oh, after the anointing, because the anointing breaks all yokes, it destroys every demonic yokes, right? After being anointed as the king, everything should be peaches and cream. But no, things went from bad to messy, super, super messy. But he was a man of integrity. You know what I mean? Despite his, you know, mess ups and whatnot, he was a man of integrity. He knew how to worship God. He knew how to worship God from the fish of the belly. You know, um, theoretically speaking, from the fish of the belly, we, well, we all know that Jonah was the one who got swallowed up. And I'm going to actually talk about Jonah in, um, in some episodes, future episodes. So anyways, David knew how to worship God in the midst of his man, in the midst of his mess, in the midst of his pain. He knew how to cry out to God, right? From the belly of the fish figuratively speaking yes that's what i was looking for that's what i was looking for i'm back with like struggling with words come on bc so anyways in chronicles he was looking to just offer a pleasing pleasant sacrifice to the lord and he went to this gentleman who had a field and he said you know sell me this field and the guy you know was like no my lord i won't sell it to you i'm gonna give it to you and david oh this is so beautiful david was like i cannot offer anything that cost me nothing to the lord you know i cannot offer anything that cost me nothing it has to cost me something so a lot of times you know when we're going through when we're giving up our comfort to seek the face of the lord you know when we're in our mess in the pit of mess right you have to give up something in order to press in deeper to experience this curated goodness for your life i, I curation curate curator that's one of my favorite words really because it just makes me it's almost like when something is bespoke you know so god has packaged this bespoke this curated blessings goodness right gifts for your life and a lot of times in order to tap in or to receive that gift it's usually when we're in pain. It's usually when we have to give up something. You know what I mean? It's usually when we're in the wilderness, right? When we have to battle uh, deers, goats. Oh, 
those are things that we can overcome easily when we have to use our bare hands to tear apart a lion a tiger a predator you know someone who has come to devour our souls right and david had to learn this as he was tending sheep in his father's house so that verse about not offering anything that cost him nothing to God is, some, is something that I've always held on throughout the years. You know, I cannot offer anything that cost me nothing to God. You know, think about that. I cannot. It's um, it's in Second Samuel twenty four twenty four, um, and it's also in First Chronicles twenty one twenty four. So Second Samuel twenty four twenty four. First Chronicles twenty one twenty four. Y'all should check it out. But I'm gonna read this real quick. Um, so the man that he bought the land or that the he got the land free from, his name is um Arayuna. 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 Oh jeez. But his name it starts with a letter A. <laughs> and so he says that. But the king replied to A. No, I insist on buying it, for I will not present burnt offerings to the Lord, Lord my God, that have cost me nothing. So David paid him 50 pieces of silver for the threshing floor and the oxen. So David ended up giving this guy the, you know, money for the land. But the moral of the story was David was like, listen, I want to offer something, just something amazing, something bespoke. Just because God's blessings in our lives, right? They'll be spoke. I want to offer something bespoke. I want to offer something from my essence to the Lord. And that's exactly what he did. He could have gotten that land for free. If that was me, I would have gotten the land for free. Now, if I offer the land, I'll probably bring some like sacrificial lambs and stuff to offer alongside. But who doesn't like a freebie? So, you know, basically just... In my two weeks of mental vacation, mental separation, mental recalibration, if you may, God reminded me that he still believed in me when I didn't believe myself, believe in myself. He reminded me that he was still on my side. He reminded me that he was still for me. He reminded me that he was fighting for me. He, he reminded me that my words, my prayers are powerful and that I should not stop. He reminded me of all his, you know, recurated goodness and blessings for my life. Jeremiah 29, 11, right? He, for he knows the plans that he has for us. There are plans of good and not of evil to give us hope and to bring us to an expected end. Well, because of this pandemic, things don't look hopeful, right? But we have to walk by faith and not by sight. Y'all, we have to walk by faith and not by sight. So I am going to leave off on this note. Please watch out for the second episode to this um, series. But for sure, um, I just want to encourage you as usual before I leave, like, you know, just stay, 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 stay focused on God's goodness. Stay focused on his goodness. Bask in his goodness. Remember his goodness for you. Even in your mess, remember that he is still good. Amen. Remember that he is good. Amen. So on that note, I want to say stay encouraged, right? Stay clean. Stay hydrated. Stay focused. Stay grounded. Stay in your lane, right? But above all, stay richly, richly blessed. And until next time, I love you with the love of God. Blessings.